0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Anif Baharudin and this is Gigi Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. In this episode, more chats on NFTs as the industry rapidly grapples with its implementation in their backyard. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ong.
1: Thank you, Hanif. We're going to kick off our news today with the cancellation of the 2022 Dota Pro Circuit Winter Tour Major. Now, the decision was made due to health concerns and travel restrictions in relation to COVID-19. While that decision might be done due to unfortunate circumstances, it did not go down well at all with the game's competitive scene. With Valve being at the end of some heated backlash from all the major stakeholders, including Pro Players Broadcast Talents. Content creators and fans. Yeah, so the frustration stems not so much from
2: the cancellation of the major itself, but the fact that it was not communicated properly to all the stakeholders involved. The Winter Tour Major, which would bring top teams from six regions with a price pool of 500,000 US dollars, was cancelled quietly without any announcement on any of the official Dota social media pages, and with very little communication with the organization, teams, and players they are competing for the ongoing regional.
1: Hmm. According to Valve, Tour 1 will conclude after all of the regional league tournaments have ended. That also means that point distribution will be changed as well, with the points that were supposed to be distributed at this winter major will be transferred to the second and third majors that will be held later this year. This is done to ensure that the balance of points between regional and cross region remains the same. That did not go well with participating teams as they are directly affected by it. Some have expressed concerns over the fact that the points will only be distributed at a later date while some teams have to deal with the financial consequences of this move. Yeah, so beyond the participating team, others were also left disappointed
2: by how poor Valve has been in their communication after promising to do better during the last TI. In fact, prior to the cancellation, teams were trying to get more clarity with regards to the tournament for their own arrangements. They were all left in the dark until the cancellation was announced. A lot of people have voiced their anger online, criticizing Valve for the lack of transparency and what they perceive to be a focus on making money for the sake of the game, and not taking care of the welfare of the people involved in their ecosystem.
1: Following the backlash, Valve has since responded, acknowledging that they should have done a better job at keeping everyone in the loop, as well as finding a better way to conclude the. First season. They also said that they are working hard at looking at alternatives, including getting everyone together in a place for a LAN tournament but that they will update further when they have more details. Yeah, so
2: we'll bring you more information when we have them. But for now, that's the state that we're currently in in regards to the trouble facing the competitive Dota scene. Alright, moving on. A couple of weeks ago, we reported on the news that Square Enix had to stop selling Final Fantasy XIV for a brief moment in time due to overwhelming queue times. Now, they're ready to allow
1: fresh accounts to be created in a couple of weeks. That's right. In a developer blog post, Square Enix has announced that They will be resuming the selling of Final Fantasy XIV on the 25th of January. The move coincides with the planned opening of a new Oceanian data centre, which will hopefully alleviate the congestion. The move will also allow for the currently suspended Homeworld Transfer Service to be brought back on the 25th of January, allowing players to bring their new characters to these new servers, reducing congestion on the already overpopulated servers. There are also other game-related updates and
2: issues that will be fixed in this update upcoming patch but suffice to say that the biggest update is the resumption of the sale of the game that started off rocky during its early life cycle but has gone on to be more than successful in its current iteration a good time perhaps to be part of the bandwagon check it out for yourself and let us know Right, from the resumption of sales for one item that's popular to the item that's perpetually out of stock. We're talking about graphic cards.
1: Until now, it's already been 2022, still out of stock. But here's some good news for people who are still waiting to get their hands on a new graphics card. NVIDIA CFO Colette Crest said that her company is optimistic that the ongoing GPU shortage will begin to ease up in the second half of 2022. According to a report by Tom's Hardware, Chris, who spoke at the 24th Annual Needham Growth Conference, said that they feel better about their supply situation as they move into the second half of 2022.
2: Yeah, so the timeline seems to match the rumoured release of their next-gen of GPUs, the GeForce 40 series, based on the Ada Lovelace architecture. Nothing has been confirmed though, but NVIDIA does release new graphic cards every two years based on their pattern so let's hope to see what she said is true and that the supply chain will normalise so we'll be able to get our hands on some new hardware soon Hmm.
1: And we are going to end this week's news back with Valve albeit with a more positive spin now. The company has announced that their delivery estimations of the highly anticipated Steam Deck are on track. This means that the first batch of the portable gaming PC will ship in late February after being delayed from December last year. Yeah, as we all know
2: these past couple of years have been tough with the pandemic affecting supply chain and logistical issues, chip shortages and working from home and they all contribute to the delay of not just the computer products but almost everything. So, Oh, this is perhaps a bit of a positive news not only for
1: Valve but also gamers who have pre-ordered this device back when it was first announced. Hmm. Valve communicated this in their update on the Steam community site and apart from communicating this, they also took the opportunity to talk about identifying which games will work best on the Steam Deck including various testings. So for those of you out there who have pre-ordered this machine, that's good news for you, we hope. We're also looking forward to seeing it in action and how it will change the gaming landscape moving forward. But that's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif.
0: Thank you very much, Neil and Daryl. We spent last week's episode looking at the budding relationship that the game industry is beginning to have towards NFTs and cryptos, and we spoke to someone who's involved in it from their perspective. Since then, we have seen companies like Sega distancing themselves from NFTs after seeing the backlash from fans, and more recently, we have heard how Troy Baker, a very prominent voice actor in the gaming industry, is facing backlash after associating himself with an NFT-related project. Whether you're for it or against it, this conversation is not going away, so we're going to take our time digesting it. But for now, I spoke to Najman Maliki just to get his reaction to what we're seeing at the moment. But first up,
3: a quick 101 on NFTs. Ooh, I mean, that's not going to be easy, but I'll try. But essentially, NFTs are non-fungible, is short for non-fungible tokens. And what that is, is essentially uh, you have a piece of, say, artwork, um, like an image, for example, um, that you can actually tag it or essentially I'm, I'm simplifying things here but like you can just tag it to a particular chain on a blockchain chain so take ethereum as a blockchain system that you want to tag it to um, your piece of art can be linked to that particular token life, if you will um uh, hence making it non-fungible that's what basically doing that that particular action creates an nft a non-fungible token so the idea here is that because um in blockchain you can actually track a particular transaction all transactions right because of that particular idea you can then like own really own a particular artwork so say Han if you uh, own a Mona Lisa painting in your house that could actually be a reprinted work from the original that is not like the original copy but you can actually say oh no no this is the original copy but people it's really hard for people to actually like uh identify a real original artwork from an artist if it's not so famous and stuff but with NFTs it's really easy for everyone to just see whether Hanif is like or not because you can just check whether it, it matches the uh token that it's tied to. Because of that, um NFTs are becoming a lot more popular. And I don't understand for the life of me, some reason people think that it's a great idea to pack that to games. I guess so. I'm I'm thinking that I guess so, but I, I I obviously as you can tell I'm not fully on board with the idea. Yeah.
0: And I think that's the thing, right? I think because this whole concept of not just NFTs, but also the metaverse, right? Um, which, you know, you think about it, you know, these, these are the things that, and because this whole notion of, you know, virtual world and whatnot, I guess the association with games is not that far off. And I think one way or another, uh, game developers and game publishers have also started to think about the possibility of, I guess, embracing it, right? One way or another. Um, so there's that. And yeah. Due, due to that association i think a lot of people are also becoming a bit more wary and i think one way or another some companies um for example have preempted things like i think steam you know saying upfront that you know they're not going to allow any any games that have nfts to be sold on uh, on their platform right but at the same time as of yeah, late last year we started hearing stories about you know companies embracing nfts in their in their games right? and i think ubisoft is the first big company to uh, announced that and i think recently in his new Year's speech the square enix ceo uh has said that okay you know nft is the future and be on the lookout for its implementation in in the scheme right i think the square enix president uh, yosuke matsuda right i'm uh, so saying that you know okay yeah <laughs> nfts will be part of, of of their games right but so so when it comes to gaming how exactly you will the implementation of nfts and metaverse be like you know at least based on what you've read you know how is it going to be implemented in games
3: so i i know for a fact that uh because basically if you wanna if you wanna create nfts um in games you have to have that particular thing in different forms so let's take say csgo you have one gun in csgo you take like a m4a1 for example you can style it differently with a different paint with a different color with a different i guess some things to the gun to make it look slightly different so that way you can actually have more versions but slightly different um of that particular item so nfts in my personal view for games mainly yeah it's it can easily be used um uh to kinda facilitate trade between a unique item between a player and another player. So Dota 2 would benefit from this or can benefit from this. And as you've obviously seen uh before Ubisoft with their quartz NFT uh and they're planning to roll it out in in Ghost Recon and doing what I just mentioned for their uh peripherals essentially. But yeah of course you can also go um further and say Or why don't you uh, make a simulation game where you can actually start to, say, create things in the simulation game and sell whatever you've created, maybe a pet or maybe a plant, maybe a particular gadget that you created in that simulation game, then that can be sold as well because it's really unique to what the person has created. And I believe there's a company that's starting to to launch this and it's actually up and running, uh, XC Infinity, I believe. Um... But yeah, the, those are the main implementations that I see for games, which I think can be good to next 10 Um If it involves creativity in the creators' uh, side, then that's great. Um, or if it involves in a, a particular item that you know is really really collective, like take Dota Two or in the recent um say TI right in the recent uh, internationals competition. Uh, if you look at the winner, maybe you can get. Um, say, any equipment that the player was using in-game and then sold it as an NFT item. That would be great. Because if I were to have that particular item that the user, uh, the player used to use, it might look the same still. But since it's an F- NFT, everyone can know that Najman actually has that particular item from that world-class player. And now that world-class player is benefiting from it, um, money-wise. So, and I am happy because I can prove to people that, hey, this is really the item that they use in the, in the game. Um, and I think that's a great idea. But, you know, put corporate in it. They will mess everything (laughs) up.
0: <laughs> yeah, some some people have equated this to how, you know, once upon a time we don't have DLCs and then um suddenly, you know, DLC started becoming a concept, you know, for for games and how the game developers can essentially release a half, you know, a half big game or a game with 100% of its content attached and, you know, make more money by you know, releasing the second part, the second part, you know, in a so-called DLC, right? And then that's one thing. And then, uh, you know, looking at how games evolve, you know, suddenly we have microtransactions, right? Which is still not popular these days but it is also a part of gaming now um one way or another especially for free to play games where it's a huge part of of how the game works right so so there's that uh and now yeah obviously a lot of gamers are are worried that nfts will be nfts and cryptos will be the next i guess you know popular quote-unquote popular thing that you know game developers will be using to take advantage of gamers right um but despite the negative pushback it seems that you know game developers are planning to go ahead with it. Um, do you think that you know there is a valid implementation of it? Um, and and especially looking at the technology behind it as well, right? You know, blockchain. You know, for example, you know, can we actually use blockchain in games to benefit? You know, the way we play games. You know, beyond beyond just you know cosmetic stuff and beyond just something that's also very superficial and very um I guess monetary driven, right?
3: Yeah, definitely we can. Um, it's something that can be useful for both gamers and the developers. But again, um, you are, okay, so block, the main idea for blockchain is that one, you can facilitate trade a lot better. And two, you can make sure that you can kind of create that scarcity thing, right? Because once Hanifa created item A, no one else can say that they've created item A because Hanif is the only person who can actually do that. So because of that, then, We can actually create that scarcity if the game needs it. If the game wants to have that implemented, then that's great. Uh, But, you know, like blockchain, as you mentioned, um, has a lot of other baggages as well alongside it. Things like environmental friendliness. I know Ubisoft have mentioned that they are going to use an environmental friendly system. But how can you really be sure of that? And I guess it goes down really down to the point of do you really need that? Again, goes back to, this question is a question that people always used to ask about things like DLCs, things like microtransactions, things like loot boxes. Do you really need that? Do you really need, uh, to pay $60 for a game and still pay more to, to basically get the experience of the game? Because if, if you are implementing NFTs, um, and then charging people for it, you, again, you're creating more of this kind of situations where the rich would actually benefit more of the game than the poor, but technically speaking, both of them are initially paying the same amount of money. So I think that's, yeah, I just have to make sure that we don't fall into that trap, but obviously the trap has been set, lah. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think the skepticism is, is maybe, you know, judging by how things have been developing for the past. 10, 20 years in the gaming industry, I think the skepticism is warranted right, one way or another. And I think, yeah, people just don't have faith in how, you know, these things will be pan out regardless of how, I guess, you know, at the bleeding edge of the technology these things are, right? And um, yeah, it's just that because at the end of the day, you know, as much as I think we're at that point where, you know, there are a lot of exciting games that are around, the nature of gaming has also changed. And and I think the more nostalgic of uh, gamers among us have started to feel a bit like, you know, Disenchanted by the gaming industry these days, right? Considering that you know, we still have, you know, to be fair, we still have a lot of like nice, uh, single player games. But you know, games have moved to like you know, there are a lot of more exciting games have been moved to to game formats like you know, free to play, but also, uh, you know, battle royals things like that. So 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 I think some gamers are becoming a bit more disenchanted by by how you know how we're making way and you know, or how we're thinking about you know monetizing and making the industry more profitable in that sense right so and i think one way or another um this whole idea of you know wanting to incorporate nfts into into gaming is perhaps driven by that right money more than you know anything else right and that's the that's the essentially the problem uh, that people like i guess the more discerning gamer or the more cautious gamer uh, are thinking about right
3: yeah i think main fear i guess is once they start to convolute this with other items other aspects things like uh if you i mean if they are tying it up to i don't know dlcs which is almost impossible but if they tie it up to things like loot boxes right so then yeah how do you kind (laughs) of unravel that complexity Um, once yeah a particular nft is tied to a particular loot box yeah then i i can see this exploding
0: yeah, and that, that's, actually, that's a good example, right? Of, of making things super exclusive that, you know, people want to like, you know, and then this, you can start selling multiple loot boxes of exclusive items, right? Exclusive NFTs and making it more profitable in that sense. Yeah, so, so it is a kind of like a scary, scary situation to think about. But I mean, and again, we're not trying to be alarmist, you know, we're not rejecting the technology behind it. It's just that we i guess you know gamers have already seen this before one way or another and they they can sort of like you know anticipate how this is going to pan out especially you know in the current state the industry is in right so there's that as well all right okay so i guess again one way or another we just have to observe how it's going to be like you know in 2022 uh, whether this is going to be whether you know a lot of other developers are also going to start embracing it and we'll see how it'll pan out right You're tuned into GG Well played, and that was Najman Maliki and he joined me to ponder on how NFTs might be implemented in games This is a developing topic so we'll probably hear more of it in the future so be on the lookout If you'd like to listen to this episode again look for the podcast on bfm.my our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at bfmradio My name is Sanif Baharudin Thanks for joining us Game on and please take care this has been Gigi Worldplay thank you for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes BFM 89.9 the business station